accurate blue-collar theology to shield the mind, body, and spirit. This is Full Armor Radio. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Full Armor Radio. I am your host, Brandon Lockridge. Happy New Year to all you listeners. It's officially 2023, and I hope everyone's 2022 ended well. Uh, My family and I had a nice, relaxing holiday season. Uh, There were a lot of changes uh, for us last year, and I'm really hoping for some stability this year. So we'll see what the Lord provides. One thing I know I'd love to be more consistent on this year is this podcast. Um, I'm really hoping to have more flexibility so as to be able to push out more content this year. So we'll see how that goes. Now for today, we are back in the Belgic Confession. First, I want to do a quick recap on our last episode. We were in Article 3 of the Belgic Confession, and we asked the question, how did God's written word come to be? And we learned that the word of God did not come to us, quote, by the will of man, but that holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And I went into some depth on what all that means. So if you have not listened to that episode, please go back and check it out. Today, we're going to be looking at Article 4 of the Confession. The title of Article 4 is Canonical Books of the Holy Scripture. And we're going to start with a quick look at this article. So let's go ahead and read through it. Okay, Article 4 of the Belgian Confession says, We believe that the Holy Scriptures are contained in two books, namely, the Old and New Testament, which are canonical, against which nothing can be alleged. These are thus named in the Church of God. The books of the Old Testament are the five books of Moses, namely Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the books of Joshua, Ruth, Judges, the two books of Samuel, the two of the Kings, two books of the Chronicles, commonly called Paralipomenon, the first of Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms of David, the three books of Solomon, namely the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs, the four great prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, and the twelve lesser prophets, namely Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Those of the New Testament are the four evangelists, namely Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Acts of the Apostles, the 14 epistles of the Apostle Paul, namely one to the Romans, two to the Corinthians, one to the Galatians, one to the Ephesians, one to the Philippians, one to the Colossians, two to the Thessalonians, two to Timothy, one to Titus, one to Philemon, and one to the Hebrews. Uh, 
The seven epistles of the other apostles, namely one of James, two of Peter, three of John, one of Jude, and the revelation of the apostle John. Okay, so that's article four, a little bit of a longer article. And um, basically, this article is just affirming the canonical books of the Bible. Um, there's a couple of things that I want to point out in these two paragraphs of article four. Um, and I didn't note that out the two separate paragraphs, but basically the first portion, which named all of the old Testament books was the first paragraph. And then the second paragraph was all of the new Testament books. So first thing I want to point out, uh, there's a book missing in this list of old Testament books. And that is the book of Lamentations. Why? Why is Lamentations not listed out in the article here? Well, at this time in history, Lamentations was viewed as being part of Jeremiah. It was sort of like second Jeremiah, if you will. So Debray, Guy Debray, the writer of the Confession, doesn't list it separately because it is essentially a book of Jeremiah. Uh, the second one thing I want to point out is that the confession credits the authorship of the book of Hebrews to Paul. Now, we might throw our hands up at that and go, oh my gosh, how could he possibly do that? Hebrews doesn't name an author. But before we go crazy there, uh, this actually was not uncommon during much of church history, actually. Um, in the second and third centuries, church fathers such as Clement of Alexandria and Origen affirmed Pauline authorship of Hebrews. In fact, until the 16th century, the church widely accepted Pauline authorship of this book. Uh, in the 1611 edition of the King James Bible, the title of Hebrews reads The Epistle of Paul the apostle to the Hebrews. It was at the time of the Reformation when men such as Martin Luther began to investigate the authorship of the letter a little further. Luther himself believed, actually, that Paul wrote Hebrews, but he also suggested that perhaps Apollos could have been the author. So being that the Belgic Confession was written in the mid-1500s, uh, it's really no shock that Debray credits Hebrews to Paul. Ultimately, the author of Hebrews isn't all that important because we know that God has sovereignly preserved the letter as scripture. It is indeed canon and is recognized as God's word, and it is the content, obviously, the content of the letter that really matters. One of the things mentioned at the beginning of this article is that these Old and New Testament books are canonical, quote, against which nothing can be alleged. So the Belgian Confession we're reading here was translated into English, uh, but it was widely in the 16th century, 16th century, excuse me, it was widely distributed in Latin since Latin was the international language during that time. And the Latin phrase that's used there where we read against which nothing can be alleged is more literally translated to read 
about these, there is no controversy. So up to this point in history, there were no major controversies about the Old and New Testament books being canon, right? All of the books that are contained in our Bible today, since the time of first, second century, that it was it was regarded that these were canonical. And so, um, you know, when we think about that, okay, what is, what's the point? What's the point of affirming the canonical books of the Bible, right? If everyone agreed with it, why dedicate an entire article in the confession to just affirming the, uh, books, uh, the canonical books of the Bible? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, for one thing, the Roman Catholic Church was adding to these books, so they weren't denying these books as canon, right? But they were also adding in the apocryphal books as canon. And we'll talk a little bit more about the apocrypha. Um, I'm not sure if we'll get to it in the next episode or, or the the episode after. Uh, it's actually Article 6 uh, where we read about the apocryphal books, but um, we'll get to that. But Debray was intentionally excluding the apocryphal books in opposition to the teachings of Rome. Uh, another reason for affirming these books and only these books as canon is that it helps to answer the question, from where does God speak? Remember that the Protestant reformers were protesting against a Roman Catholic church that held church tradition, and the scriptures combined made up the word of God. So in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in paragraph 97, it states that, quote, sacred tradition and sacred scripture make up a single sacred deposit of the word of God. Now, in addition to that, there were... um, uh, there, there was somewhat of an unwritten rule within the Roman Catholic Church that, uh, and this really started back in the 13th century, and it was this idea that the Pope was infallible. Uh, so whatever he said, that's that's what went right. That whatever Pope says goes. This, interestingly enough, this unwritten rule, and uh, eventually became a written rule in the late 19th century with Pope Pius IX and the First Vatican Council. Um, In addition to these heresies in the Roman Catholic Church, the Reformers also had the Anabaptists to deal with, and and the Anabaptists had very Pentecostal leanings, actually, um, in that they believed that God spoke to them in dreams and visions. Now, this is not foreign to us today, Orthodox Christianity continues to contend earnestly for the faith against the traditions of men, uh, worldly philosophies, empty deceit, uh, all of these things that have infiltrated the church. And people, even in the church, who uh, tell us that they've heard new revelations from God. Um, So the word canon... This is a, an interesting point here, but the word canon means rule or standard, okay? Now, since the time of the second and third centuries, believers had re- have referred to the scriptures 
as, quote, the only infallible rule of faith and practice. Why? Why refer to it that way? Well, because it's a recognizing of the fact that the scriptures are the highest and greatest authority. We're going to talk a little bit more about the authority of the scriptures in our next episode in Article 5. But it's not, it's important to note, it is not tradition. It is not the words of worldly wise men, to take from John Bunyan there in Pilgrim's Progress. It's not dreams and visions, right? Uh, Now, to clarify, you know, can church tradition be good and useful? Yes, of course it can. Uh, Can the wisdom of men be useful? Sure. Does God still use dreams and visions to provide guidance and uh, give believers premonition? I think so. Uh, But all of these things should be measured up against the scriptures. If church tradition, if the wisdom of men, visions and dreams run counter to God's word, then they are to be discarded. Um, If you think you've received a dream or a vision from God and it's contrary to scripture, then I guarantee you it's not from God, it's from Satan, because the Spirit of God will never, ever speak anything contrary to the Word of God. Now, in Article 5, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, Article 5 is the next article we'll be looking at. We're going to talk a little bit more about canon and the authority of Scripture But for now, that's going to do it for this episode of Full Armor Radio. And just like last episode, um, this episode is on YouTube. Uh, So if you enjoy the content, please share the video. Or if you're listening to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, uh, please share the audio. All of your shares and likes and subscriptions to the channel are much appreciated. And I just want to thank everyone again for tuning in to Full Armor Radio, and we'll see you next time. God bless.